Veteran Podcast. Thank you for your service. Welcome back, everybody. It's great to be with you for another Friday edition of Bulletproof Veteran Podcast. And man, do we have a great show for you this week. We have sail ahead on the show today. Sean and Killian, two young men that are just exemplifying what it means to really be a, a great American. Um, they're giving back to their community. They're giving back to the veteran community. And you know what? They're really dispelling the myth that so many of us that are in Gen X or uh, Boomer Generation believe that the younger generations, the newer generations, don't care about anything. Well, let me tell you what. These kids, and I, I'm not even going to say kids, these men care, okay? And they show it in their everyday lives. They've been showing it since they were 16 and 14 when they started Sail Ahead and came up with their own nonprofit to help the veteran community. So uh, they're doing great things, raising awareness for veteran suicide, PTS, all of that. Uh, and they have great, great goals to expand in the future. And we're going to talk about all of that stuff. We're going to talk about sailing. We're going to talk about being out on the water and just having a good time and all the benefits that you can get from it. So I hope you guys are excited. I'm excited. Um, but before we get to that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, took last week off. I apologize. Uh, some scheduling conflicts. We had a little bit of issues with some recordings and stuff. So we ended up just scrapping it instead of just trying to throw together just me talking to you. That bores everybody. We know that. So we skipped a week. Took care of some stuff around the studio, that kind of stuff. Got us all jazzed up and ready for the next interview. But we got a lot of upcoming interviews. Um, we've booked some great guests that you guys are going to love. So strap in tight. 2021 is going to be just from here to the end, amazing. All right. So we have a lot to offer you uh, for the rest of the year uh, and into our Christmas holiday. All right. Um, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Rumble and all of that. Please like, subscribe. Best way to support the show. Like and subscribe. Leave a review, a comment. Uh, shoot me an email at bulletproofveteran at gmail.com if you have any show ideas, suggestions for interviews. I'm getting a lot of suggestions through the website, the contact form. So everybody out there that's going to the website and submitting through the contact form, I really appreciate it. We've we got two or three upcoming guests that all came that way, all came from viewers, listeners, and people that went to the website. So thank you for everybody who's uh, you know taking advantage of that avenue to get in contact with us. Um, another item that I wanted to uh, highlight was we did the month of November, all the proceeds that we got from our any shirt sales or hoodie sales and, and all that stuff from Amazon. We don't make a lot on this stuff, guys. Um, Amazon does everything, and you know we get a little royalty at the end because we came up with the designs. Um, but it's the easiest way for me to get out merchandise to you guys, and you can support some stuff and support the show a little bit. Uh, but we had announced that everything that we made through November was going to go to save our allies to help uh, Afghan refugees. They are in dire need of money, supplies, all of that. I asked you guys to go on the Amazon wish list and do all that. Thank you to everybody that did that and continue to do it, please. Uh, they still need a lot of stuff. But I just wanted to announce that um, uh, we were able to raise $200 to donate to Save Our Allies. And you might say, hey, man, that's not a lot of money. But you know what? Every dollar helps. And 
when you look at what the royalties are we get, we sold a bunch of stuff and you guys came through huge. Every dime going to save our allies. Um, we'll be posting a little something on Instagram and Facebook to commemorate uh, that donation. Uh, I know it'll go to good use. And again, I want to thank every single listener that went out, bought a shirt, bought a hoodie, whatever. Uh, it was amazing. And I was so happy that we were able to give something to save our allies. Um, you guys went above and beyond. Trust me, you did. And thank you so much. Please continue to support them. Get over to their website, saveourallies.org. Check out everything that they're doing. They still have so much going on. Check out um, uh, Nick Palmashano's Instagram. He's always posting stuff about what they're doing. Um, I think uh, they have some new thigh huggers that are coming out that you might want to check out with the proceeds going to save our allies. So, you know, like I said, head over to Nick Palmashano's um Instagram, and you can kind of see all of that. Um, we usually do the segment at the top of the show for uh, promoting uh, veteran-owned business. Well, I thought for the month of December, because it's the giving season, and I talk about that during this episode, I thought we'd switch it up a little bit. So for the month of December, we're going to highlight nonprofits that if this time of year is the time of year you like to give back a little bit, you know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people save up throughout the year and they give it this time. You know, it's the holidays, all of that. People are in that spirit. So I wanted to highlight some organizations that you can donate to and feel good about and know that your money's going to a good place. Uh, there's a lot of nonprofits out there that are really sketchy, especially the popular ones. You know, you talk about like March of Dimes, I think. Literally every dime or every dollar they raise, only a dime goes to profit. So we want to make sure that your money is protected and it's going to something good. So that's what we're going to do. The month of December, we're going to highlight some organizations that you can donate to if you would like. Um, and we'll tell you a little bit about them. And we'll tell you kind of the nuts and bolts of where their money goes. Since Sail Ahead decided to come on the show and do an amazing interview with us, that's who we're going to highlight today, all right? So this whole episode is going to be about Sail Ahead. These kids put every dime back into the nonprofit. They take nothing from it. They're college kids, all right? They literally put blood, sweat, and every dime back into the organization. And that's why I wanted to choose them as the first organization that we highlight for our Giving December. And trust me, they have some lofty goals, and all of those goals require donations, and they talk about it on the show. So Sail Ahead is going to be our first, in the giving December, uh, nonprofit that I'd like to highlight. And again, we're going to talk all about it in this interview, all right? You guys are going to love it. You're going to love hearing about their mission and everything they're trying to do. You're going to hear about their mates. You're going to hear about, you know, getting out on the water and sailing and, uh, you know, the benefits that veterans are getting from these programs. Uh, and then all the other things that they're doing, safety teams, maritime history, uh, and racing. All right. So, um, that's it. Listen, like I said, we're highlighting some giving during the month of December. Sail ahead, get over to their website. They're going to talk all about how you can donate, give your time, um, you know, volunteer, all that stuff. So listen up and I hope you guys enjoy this week's interview. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Bulletproof Veteran Podcast. I'm super excited today because we get to talk about 
the water. And if you've listened to past episodes of the show, it's a topic that we've talked about quite often, but we're going to tackle it a little bit different this time. We've talked about surfing. We've talked about saving coral reefs um, with Force Blue and Rudy Reyes and that kind of stuff. Um, one more wave. We we donated money for a, a custom surfboard for a, for a disabled veteran. So the water is kind of something that's near and dear to my heart. I think it's a place where you can find your center. Um, you can really zero out your entire life when you're on the water, however that is, whether it's diving, surfing, boating, whatever. And we have two gentlemen on the show today that kind of exemplify that idea. Um, we have Killian Duclay and Sean Duclay, they are brothers right here from Long Island. And um, they created an organization called Sail Ahead, which provides the opportunity for veterans to get out on the water, enjoy sailing, the benefits of it, the therapy of it, and also really raise awareness for veteran suicide and PTS. So, Sean, Killian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. Excellent. So. First and foremost, and I'm sure you've had to answer this question a thousand times since you guys started uh, this organization. You were 16 and 14 when you started Sail Ahead. That is pretty young. Now, I remember what I was doing when I was 16 and 14. Um, I definitely was not starting a nonprofit. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, when I was 16, I was worried about getting a car. When I was 14, I think I was trying out the first time for volleyball. Like, I wasn't thinking about a nonprofit. So if you don't mind, we'll start off with that. How did you guys come up with this idea to help veterans through sailing? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, like you, that originally wasn't the intention. We, we weren't thinking about nonprofits. We didn't even know that they existed, per se. But uh, we were we were young, as you as you said, uh, and we saw on the news on our local news station, they're doing a piece on veteran homelessness and veteran suicide. And at the time, the figure that they provided was at least 22 veterans were committing suicide daily. And we thought that that was absolutely absurd. Um, and so being young and perhaps idealistic, we thought, you know, we, we had this privilege of growing up sailing and there was always a, sort of an extra spot, you know, enough room on the boat to, to fill up for one more person. So we reached out to our local veteran service organization and uh, we, we took out the first uh, veteran sailing. It was in the winter, actually, in Oyster Bay on a Hobie Cat 16 footer. And uh, after our sail, you know, we had a great time, uh, good conversations, lots of jokes. Um, but since it's kind of it's a dinghy, um, we had to go in early because our guest, the veteran, his back was hurting too much. So we were kind of like, uh oh, this is, you know, that's a bad first impression. But when we got back to the beach, he actually started crying and he gave us a hug. So we started crying, not knowing why quite yet. But he said that he'd been going to therapy for 20 years and that moment was the best therapy he'd ever had. So we sort of, uh, you know, we just wanted to help, but we didn't quite realize the, how profound the potential to help was and just how deep the need was also so from that point on we made it our mission every weekend you know we were in school obviously so every weekend we would take more veterans out we tried to scale it a bit more we had friends that had hobie cats uh and uh and we basically started th that moment i guess was the catalyst from we just want to help 
to, okay, there's obviously a significant need and uh, let's find a way to fill it. But we did not start with any grand ambitions or anything. Uh, it was a very organic growth. Um, yeah. But it, caught, first- it, it grew fast because it caught on yeah. pretty quick. You guys gained some notoriety, like I said, especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys started like, you were on the news and stuff probably when you were like 16 promoting yeah. this at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And in 2015, we had uh, our first uh, event, what we call event, which is basically when we partner with a yacht club mm-hmm. and uh, they provide uh, sailors and, uh, and boats. And we, uh, we try and be the broker between these two communities, the veterans community and the sailing community. And uh, the center port, it, it was with the center port yacht club in 2015. And they oh. are our biggest partners with them alone over like five years of events we've taken over 1,000 veterans just just with them to the water and uh, they provide a barbecue at the end of it but um you know our mission is not just to so so there are three parts to our mission the first is to use the water and the ocean as a therapeutic platform to heal the scars of war most of which are invisible uh the second is to spread pts uh and veteran suicide awareness and the third is to honor and remember our mates, which I, we'll talk about later. Yes. But, um, but so, you know, healing can't only can't be self-contained with the veterans community because we live in a society where there are, you know, more civilians and veterans, far more civilians and veterans. Mm-hmm. So our goal is also to, you know, that, that's the reason why we want to spread awareness is because um, we can't just have veteran organizations working with veterans to heal veterans because there's a bigger picture here. So the more civilians we can get on board with helping veterans, the better and the more appreciated they feel. And it's just like a, a positive feedback loop of good feelings. And, uh, and so that's, that's our goal with the, with our events, but we also have different programs, as you mentioned uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so true. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it a lot with, with different guests and stuff, especially people like yourselves that, you know, haven't served in the military, but try to involve the civilian community in veteran issues. Only, I think it's 1% of uh, the United States actually serves currently or, you know, of the population has served. And the percentage of people that know somebody that serves or has served is steadily declined. You know, you look at like World War II, 70% of people had a contact, close contact, family member, neighbor that was serving in the military or had served in the military. Now it's below 10%. So if we don't have organizations like yours that bridge that gap between the civilian and the veteran, the understanding and the benefits of having a two-way conversation just disappear. So it's great that you guys are trying to do that and, and set out to do it in a very cool way. Um, yeah. So, Killian, tell me a little bit about sailing. I, I've been a boater my whole life, okay? Um, grew up, first boat was, a, I think, a 19-foot Rankin. Then we got like a 24 Sunrunner. Then we moved into the Sea Rays. The last boat that we had was... Um, I think it was, yeah, a 36 uh, C rate, you know, just lived on the water, but I've never mm-hmm. sailed. Okay. So yeah. what's different for, for, for anybody out there that doesn't know anything about sailing? 
Well, first of all, sailing is just better. <laughs> no, just See, now I would turn around and call you guys like blow boaters. It's kind yeah, of almost yeah. the same thing with the military. You have to make fun of the other side <laughs> or it doesn't work. <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, sailing is, there are definitely some similarities with power boating. You know, first of all, just being out on the water can be calming and soothing um, and therapeutic, just being out there. Um, sailing, you know, I always say it's one of those things where growing up, if I was out on the water, I would just completely forget that math exam I just flunked. You know, like you're just out in the element, you're with your your partner or your sailing buddy, and you just have to negotiate the wind and waves and uh, bring it home. On one hand, it could be calming and soothing and therapeutic, but on the other hand, it could be intense and very sporty. It's sport. Um, and with, with sailing in particular, it's a team sport. So, you know, when you're racing um, other boats, you know, you're on the boat together with your team. Sometimes you're 16 people on the boat racing to get across the finish line, you know, and uh, th that's why sailing is so cool because on power boats, you don't really get that much. And mm -hmm. in the case of the military, you know, you guys are trained as a team. You guys go out into the most remote places of the world you know, you're, you're used to getting it, you know, like you're trained to act calm and cool and calm under pressure, under chaos, right? When it's all chaotic, you have to be the one to pull your, pull yourself together and get the mission done. And when you're out sailing, you know, there's no reset button. If you're in the middle of the ocean, there's a storm, you can't just call in a helicopter and go home. I mean, you can sometimes, but that's not, you know, you don't do that. You need to get the boat home with your comrades, with your teammates. Yeah, nobody likes so, pulling the EPER button. Nobody wants that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. bad. <laughs> as, much, as much as you may want to. <laughs> so I could give you a, a great example. We did a, a Martha's Vineyard race. So a race from, from Western Long Island out to uh, Martha's Vineyard, which is like a two-day race. We were sailing back um, on a 55-foot boat with you know 10, 10 veterans on board. And coming back, we were being followed by a hurricane or I forget which one, I forget which hurricane, but like a, a storm was following us back and we were racing other boats, but also racing this storm coming to us. And it, it was just such a great moment because everyone, everyone on board, it was almost like we were in our element, you know, not to be, not to use that word, but we were there together in the moment, just racing to get home. Um, and it's, you know, again, it, it mimics what people in the military have. And when they get out of the military, they, they kind of miss it. You know, like mm -hmm. you come home alone, you're not with your, your unit anymore. You don't have a commanding officer to tell you what to do. Being on a sailboat mimics what military members are used to. Um, and that's why sailing is so unique and so beautiful because it is a nature sport. It's a team sport. Um, but if you really want it to be, it's also fun to just have like sunset sails and go out for a few hours, you know, yeah. Um, and we offer all of that. That's what we try and do at Sail Ahead is give people this opportunity to to have what they're missing, you know, and kind of get them back on their feet. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's that almost controlled chaos. You're trying to control something that you're not really supposed to be able to control. You're not supposed to be able to control nature and use it to your own benefit. And sailing is that when I see it on TV, something like that, I it's kind of mesmerizing. Because like you said, there is a difference between that and power boating. There, there, there is. Um, you know, you're using machine 
which we designed and we created and we engineered. Sailing, you are very reliant on Mother Nature uh, for everything, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and you have to try to control what Mother Nature gives you to get to your end result, whether that's a race or, like you said, just having some wine in the bay um, because you feel like taking your girl out, Um, which if you don't do it right, you're going to have a horrible date. Um, that's just going to go yeah. poorly. Um, yeah. So it, I think it does feed really well into kind of the veteran mindset that we we thrive under pressure. We work well as teams, and we like a little chaos in our lives. Um, yeah. We really do. Yeah, yeah. And, and sailing is is also a humbling experience because we are out there at the mercy of Mother Nature to a certain extent, and we need to it's almost like a forced team effort. If you don't work together, you're not getting home kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we like to say that it's also like a forced group therapy almost because you have people out there with similar backgrounds as you, um, you have to communicate to operate the the boat and uh, race competitively. And it's just, you know, everyone seems to have a good time again. Like everyone is like in their element. Um, and, Power boats are great too, don't get me wrong, but there's on sailboats, you know, for example, there's no throttle. Like you can't just power through a storm or power through hard times. You got to like go at the pace of, of everyone's sort of energy. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that finding zero that I was talking about at the top of the show, whether it's surfing or sailing or any of these kind of ocean uh, sports mm-hmm. where you're actually relying on the ocean more than technology, you you have to find that balance. Be- it's a give and take with what is in front of you. You can't just say, "Hey, I want to go faster right now." Yeah, it don't work that way. You know, if you're surfing, you can't just say, "Yeah, I want to turn right now." You have to listen to what the wave is doing, and you have to, there's there's like like you said, a feedback loop. It's that you know, give and take that you have with, with the ocean. Um, I think that's yeah. why so many people love it. I really do. Yeah. Um, we really like to think of it as a metaphor for life as well, because mm-hmm. there's so much you don't control around you, you know, the current, uh, the direction of the wind, the height of the waves, but <clears throat> within that context, there's so much you can control. You know, you can't, like my sister says, you can't uh, change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust the orientation of your sails. Right. And, uh, and, you know, I think, what was it Eisenhower that said, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. You know, you might have a plan, but then if the wind direction changes, you need to act on the spot. And again, it's this, it's this idea of teamwork. You know, you need to work together or you're not getting home. And in life, you need to have a, a social network to support you, to help you be successful and all these other things. So we, we like to think of it as a kind of a, I guess, an implicit reminder of for some veterans who are who are really going through uh, tough times, that they, they can feel the love and they can sort of be like, yeah, you know what? If in this, in a situation where I'm only using wind, uh, you know, basically you have no control over the elements. Only what you're able to do, maybe they could take this back to their lives and apply it to whatever situation they're in. Right. Um, and I, you know, I didn't think of it like that. I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I. And and listen, I'm quick to judge on things. So I'll 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 say that before, you know, I even say my next statement. But I just when I first saw your organization, I'm like, that's cool. They're taking guys sailing. It must be fun. Mm. You know, but you don't think about the the benefits that you can actually get from some of these different activities 
that we just take kind of for granted, you know, like you said, it, it is a metaphor for life. And if you use it that way, now it has a so much more therapeutic, um, uh, a- action for your body. Yeah. It's, it can be empowering. You know, you're conquering the elements, mm-hmm. uh, building a team, but then, like you said, there we also have those instances where we just have like a wine or, or a white claws on the bay, you know, because sometimes that's what you need. It's, it, it all depends on on where you are and uh, in that moment of your life and what, what you need. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that's why, again, we like selling so much is because there's such a broad array of like soup from super intense races to very chill sunset outings. Um, it can really be the right medicine for any element in our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. I definitely can see how, um, people could really gravitate toward it, towards this activity and wanting to learn it. Cause like you said, it's a challenge. So if you're like me or a lot of people, and I'm sure you guys are the same way, you put a challenge in front of me. Part of it is just, I want to prove to myself that I could do it because it's something different. It's something new. Yeah. So that's very cool. Now I have to ask your brothers, you're two years apart. I have a brother. He's three years older than me. I don't think that my brother and I could ever work together. We are, um, it's not even that we're different because you two are very different, but it just wouldn't work. We don't have that. Um, I don't know. The relationship is different. It's much more of a mentor mentee type situation. So I don't think it would work, uh, in a business or a nonprofit. How did you guys kind of navigate that as, especially when you were younger to work together to do all of this? Uh, (laughs) ah, see, (laughs) Um, well, Sean, you want to talk? <laughs> we definitely had our fair share of conflicts. I'm sure. Uh, Killian was always the better sailor. Killian w- always had more schooling than me. See that? <laughs> so Killian was always the better sailor. But we found ways after all of the conflicts to divvy up responsibilities and work uh, in ways that best suited us. So, for example, I deal more with uh, the veteran side of things. Like when, when it comes to an event uh, and we need to fill up the boats with veterans, I, I deal with that. Killian deals with the, the boating side, you know, getting, uh, getting enough sailors with their boats to volunteer and organizing it in a way that come the day of the event, you know, we just shuffle the, the veterans onto the boat and then they, they go in a, you know, in the right order to the boats and all that. Um, you know, we still argue. <laughs> no, but I, I think like the the big picture here was just that Sean and I had this shared passion yeah. for the military and veterans and sailing. And right. then like anything, we it's were a team. Yeah, we're, we're a team with a shared passion and goal. And we, we knew that we each had our strengths and weaknesses and we're very different people. And we kind of just divvied it up and and built sail ahead around what we could and couldn't do, you know? So um, I think off the bat, we get, we get along, which is also a great start, but, you know, we understand realistically that where I may have, I have a forte on, on certain things, Sean is, is better at others. And we're able to always go back to what the mission is. And it's the mission here with sail ahead is bigger than us. And, uh, you know, we put our egos aside or, 
Sean puts his ego aside and <laughs> and we push forward, you know? Well, and, and it kind of plays into, like I said, you guys are, you're, you're, you're individuals, but you have to work together and you have to navigate that family kind of mindset, you know, little brother, big brother type thing. You know, we all deal with that. Um, but just in like, you could see probably drawing from your, you know, own kind of worlds. Uh, one of you is a mathematics, uh, physics major, uh, or was graduated. The other one is into history and, you know, more probably on the political side, that type of stuff. So you're talking like liberal arts versus STEM. And you probably draw a lot of that in to how you run the nonprofit. Yeah. And, and also with, with that background in mind, I have a different way of analyzing situations and drawing conclusions because of, I, I think because of my math and physics background where Sean is totally different, but we complement each other because it's, it's great feedback and we go back and forth all the time. Yeah. 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 I, and, and listen, that's what you have to do. You have to draw on, uh, you know, your own life experiences and, and what you're passionate about and, and also what you're good at and, and then feed that into what you guys are building. Uh, it's, but it's very cool. It's very cool. And uh, I, I have to ask, so you, you partner up with all of these different organizations, okay? You're kind of expanding and you, you have expanded since the time when you first started it. Um, how do you make your contacts with like the yacht clubs? Because my family's a member of a yacht club. You don't just walk into a yacht club a lot of times and get a great response. Some you do, some you don't. It's like any other club, but they are club atmospheres and non-members walking in. There can be a little bit of a roadblock there. Does the idea that it's a sailing uh, nonprofit help you kind of get your foot in the door and then you can talk to them? Well, we have been rejected. I'm sure. Um, But I guess, you know, it's just uh, part of it is, is luck. And network, you know, if you know someone uh, that's a foot in the door, um, but then, you know, as you as you show the world that you can be successful in what you're doing, then all of a sudden, everyone sort of wants to uh, join in or, or they're more receptive to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a very funny story uh, is that in 2015, when we approached the first Yacht Club at the, the Centerport Yacht Club, uh, who's... Uh, one of our most important partners to this day. We, you know, I, I was uh, in 2015, I was 15, I guess, and Kim was 17. And, you know, imagine pitching to the board a 15 and 17 year old saying, hey, guys, we have a great idea. We're gonna use your sailors, <laughs> your boats. We'll bring, we'll bring veterans and we'll, you know, we'll do a speech, a nice ceremony, like Marine Color Guard. And then we'll, we'll go sailing again on your boats. And then when we come back, Hey, you know what? Why don't you guys host like a barbecue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, why, why don't you guys feed everybody? <laughs> yeah. And to our surprise, you know, I don't know what we were expecting. I guess we were just kids. So we're like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Um, but they said yes. So, it, and that's to their credit because, you know, why the heck would you trust a 15 and 17 year old that just walked in your door because they knew, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, a lot of credit needs to be placed onto the, onto the, our partners that trust in us and that share our vision to, to also help veterans. You know, it's, um, I think it, it's true that a lot of people in the civilian world want to help. 
You know, some people aren't aware of the problem. Some people are, but whenever they're made aware of, of the, an issue like veteran suicide, they really want to do something, but they don't always have the opportunity to do it. So if you give them kind of a, an easy way to help, or if you take care of the work uh, and all they have to do is show up and sail, for example, uh, then they're totally up for it. And so, so, that, so we're lucky in that sense. We don't really have to fight very hard uh, to find partners like that. Yeah. Now, this raising of awareness and getting people to help you, you guys came up with this idea of the mates, all right, yes. which I think is really cool and it's very unique to your organization, how you guys have kind of figured this all out and you use it to raise that awareness of veteran suicide, the men and women that we lose to the battle at home, um, and you carry it with you everywhere. So please tell us a little bit about the mates. I see you have the uh, n- the name tapes there. Kieran, you want to talk about them? Yeah, so our mates are 219 name tags of veterans and active duty uh, uh, military members who commit suicide due to PTSD, depression, or otherwise inability to just, you know, readapt to civilian life. And we carry them with us together on a, a rope. And they're all bunched up together. And we, like you said, take them literally everywhere we go to sailing events to sometimes we just get called out into the city and do a, a speech and do a talk about sail ahead and the veteran suicide uh, epidemic. Um, the reason why 219 is because, you know, when we first started, there was that VA statistic that said that at least 22 veterans commit suicide daily, you know, mm-hmm. each day. Um, so after 10 days, that's 220. And the reason why we say 219 is because that one remainder is the one that we're trying to save. Right. You know, at, at the end of the day, we're trying to prevent this, uh, the suicides from happening. So that's why 219 is our banner as well. We have a flag, it's called 219, 219 on it. And that's, that is our, our, our flag to represent the mates. Um, what we do with the mates as well is we dedicate a whole page on our website where family members of our mates can post a biography, share their story of their loved one. And it's also a way to create a community of families who share uh, similar hardships. And the thing in, in the U.S. is that even though we're a country at war or we're at war, um, it's really just the, the military and their family members who are at war. We're not, as a country, we don't feel like we're we're at war because it's like, you know, in World War II, there were victory gardens. You know, the government was advocating to, to have the people uh, yeah, ration. Mm-hmm. And we just don't feel that anymore. It's really just the 1%, you know, 1% of the population. Yeah, it's the people at yeah. war and their families who know we're right. at war. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it really doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah, you're not talking about the Wars Act. You're not talking about, you know, forcing people to go into uh, factories and build, even though they're not in the military, yeah. they're building munitions and stuff like that. I mean, that was reality in World War II. And let's be honest, outside of 9-11, wars aren't fought on uh, U.S. soil. Exactly. I mean, they're just not. They're they're in a faraway place that people don't even understand. They, they've never been to Afghanistan. They've never been to Iraq. They're never going 
it's not even like France and Germany where it's like, hey, my family was from there. The majority mm-hmm. of people have no connection to these places. So it's very hard for them to have now a connection to a war unless it's you know splattered on CNN or Fox or something like that. And that's, I think, something that that's very hard for Gold Star families mm-hmm. and for, for families who've lost loved ones to suicide because um, people just simply don't understand. You know, yeah. people don't understand why they might have chosen to do that. Or so we the the point is we want to carry around our mates because you know, as Killing said, two hundred nineteen represents, and I'm holding the name the name tags here. This is every ten days worth of of casualties in the home front you know and we don't think of it as a front but that's a, a front of the war and in fact uh, more people since 9-11 more soldiers and veterans have lost their lives at home than by the hands of the enemy around the world yes and uh, so frequently throughout the years people ask Kylian and i if we were doing this because we intended to join the military and we consider ourselves to we say no, but we consider ourselves to be on the front lines of an invisible war, but a far more insidious war that is claiming more American lives. And uh, so we carry our mates around us because it's so true that that the families feel left out, forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a way to pay homage to them. And we, we keep in touch with them. Uh, one of our mates, uh, you know, uh, the mother said, my daughter had never gone sailing before please send me a picture when you go sailing. So we go out on the boat. I hold out the name tag. I take a picture. I send it to her. And she says, wow, you know, that's, that's amazing. For me, you know, or, or to the naked eye, these are just pieces of cloth with a name on it. But no, they represent human lives. Mm-hmm. They each have 10 loved ones. All of a sudden, 219 becomes a very large, uh, you know, quantity of, of human suffering. And as, as sad and terrible as it is, it is a reality and we don't want it to be ignored by people. So by carrying this around, it's very in your face. We encourage people to touch it, to hold it, to go through the names because this is, this is reality and, uh, we can't forget it. It's still going on. And each, each, uh, we try what we do every year at our events is we also fly in, um, the family members of the mates. So we have mates that span from, you know, Idaho, uh, Colorado, uh, Louisiana, Florida, and we will fly in the family members free to them to attend the sail ahead event so that they can see what we do and how we spread their, their loved ones messages around, uh, New York and the country. Yeah. And they have an opportunity to speak, you know, we give them before we go sailing, we have everyone listen, uh, to to the story of of their loved one because you know that is one of our missions is to honor and remember our mates it's not just to go sailing it's not just to spread awareness i like i like the idea of the 219 instead of the 220 it it's an attainable goal to save one person yeah it is a almost insurmountable idea to say we're going to just end veteran suicide like that you know that is the desire. That's the dream, right? But saving one person is is very possible. You can do that. Yeah. You can make a phone call and save one person. You can stop yeah. somebody from making a very bad decision, just one-on-one contact, getting them out of their element, doing something, taking them sailing. 
Um, so I like that you kind of highlight that idea of just get one because then one becomes two, two becomes three. And that's how you actually save people's lives. Yeah. From Sailor Head's perspective, you know, we've brought, since we've started, we've brought over 4,000 veterans to the water. And that's an impressive number, I'll admit, but that's really not the number we care about. That's not our goal. You know, mm-hmm. the figure we really care about is how many lives we've saved because of our sailing opportunities and uh, programs. And that's just a number we don't, know, we don't know, and I don't know if we'll ever know, um, but we do know that we have saved lives before because of Sail Ahead and because of what we're doing. Um, but again, that's, that's the goal. It's really not, we don't want to take every veteran sailing. We want to, take, we want to help those who, who need it, whether they're directly related to military or indirectly. Yeah. And, and, and again, listen, it'd be great to take everybody sailing you know, that's fun. Yeah. You know, like you said, it'd be great to have a giant racing team and everybody could go out and do stuff. But at, at the end of the day, the goal is to prevent just that 220th person from doing mm-hmm. something that they can't undo because you can't take it back. Um, and I, I really do. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, like I said, I love the fact that, that, that it's water related. It's something that, that I'm passionate about. And it's, I think something that if you're from Long Island, you know, let's be honest, we grew up on an Island, uh, and it's all around us. Boating is all around us. Um, water activities are all around us. So it's, I think it's easy to get somebody to do it, say, Hey, listen, you want to just come out on the water mm-hmm. right down the road, yeah. Oyster Bay, Anywhere on the island, you get there in about an hour, you know, for the most part, unless you're really out there. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, I think it's something that really can work in the local community, which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, Jason, that was one thing too, is that Sean and I, you know, we're just two people in our family. We can't take everyone out sailing. No. But what we, but what we do see is, unfortunately, around Long Island, there are a lot of, sail, a lot of boats just sitting there, you know, on docks and moorings. Uh, there are a lot. So uh, part of what we do with the events too is the whole purpose is to like connect sailors with local veterans, you know, and if we can connect them during a sail ahead event, you know, hopefully after the event unrelated to sail ahead, they continue to go sailing, you know, and we kind of were like the brokers between mm-hmm. people who need help and sailors, you know? Yeah. And you are a hundred percent right about boats that go nowhere. Every uh, yacht, every yacht club I've ever been in, and every marina that I've ever been in, we would walk through and be like, "That boat hasn't moved in three weeks. That boat hasn't moved in a month. That guy had that guy lives in Connecticut. He hasn't even been down on the boat. I don't even know where he's from. You know, he's not even here." Um, I used to yell at my father, "Got to use this boat. <laughs> Sitting is the worst thing for a boat. I'm sure it's the same for sailboats, oh, yeah. but for power boats, yeah, you might as well throw it in the trash because you're going to be paying." out the nose if you just let a boat sit the worst thing you can do um so you guys have these events which gets people out there gets these boats going but you also have a bunch of other stuff so you guys do races here in new york and in washington correct yes yeah we have um we have a racing team that's primarily that's that's here but we also have a racing team uh, of veterans uh, in Washington. Um, you know, the, and, and the reason why we went to Washington originally is because, uh, we, 
one of our mates, his name is Ryan James Day. He was a ranger and he was stationed in the, in the base in Tacoma because he's from the 2nd Battalion, 2nd Ranger Battalion. And uh, so while we were there, we met some people who said uh, we had an event over there and we met some people who are racers and they said they really like what, we, what we're doing and they wanted to champion our cause in racing over there. So he sent them a bunch of shirts and then they, you know, they did, they were racing and they were spreading awareness and, and taking better in sailing over there. And uh, our racing team here in New York is um, captained by a Green Beret, Fran Richopi, uh, who was uh, a veteran of 13 years. Uh, for, uh, we basically borrow uh, race boats for the time being, but one of our, one of our goals is to uh, have a, a race boat donated to us and to fundraise enough to be able to maintain it. Because interestingly enough, it's not terribly difficult to get boats donated to us, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which surprised me at first. The problem is that boats are very expensive, especially if you want to be, you know, if we want a, a special forces racing team, uh, these people deal with the most high tech pieces of equipment that the world has to offer. We want to give them a, a competitive edge if if we have if we create a race team out of this community so unfortunately that costs a lot of money you know kevlar or carbon sales uh are are hard to uh, you know they're they're very expensive so our goal is to fundraise so that we can have this dedicated racing team on a sail ahead boat and and actually win races yeah well let's be honest if you are going to enlist special forces or operators or anybody that are you know, kind of the high speed group from the military, they're not used to failing, right. um, especially in the task at hand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so they're going to want to win every single time. <laughs> you know, they're not going to do well with with, uh, you know, not competing at a very high level because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And let's, and just veterans in general are very competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. You do see two base squadrons in in the Air Force have a bowling team and a softball team. You think we were fighting a war right there? I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't want to mess around with that stuff. Everybody's very competitive. They want to be the best. They want to be the winner. Um, right. So if you're going to do it, like you said, it costs money, and boating is ridiculously expensive. Ridiculously expensive, yeah. especially at that level. Um, but that's cool. So you have the race team. People can get involved in that. Um, like I said, you're in Washington and in New York. You guys have raced all over the world. You've been out towards France. You've been kind of everywhere. Yeah, I mean, so definitely up and down the New England coast, mm-hmm. um, in Tacoma, Washington, and then uh, parts of France. Yes, we've we've sailed out there, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it so far. And we'd we, like to expand. You yeah, know, like we we want to do. I mean, honestly. 10 year within a 10 year goal and it's totally possible to have an all veteran group sailing team to do uh the volvo ocean race which is a which is a race that goes around the world it's a very intense race you have um stages so like you start in let's say like france or the uk you go to let's say brazil then cape town new zealand around south america and back to the uk it's literally it's a very intense race but it's perfect for special operations special forces and veterans who are uh, competitive and intense and honestly we want to get a, a sail ahead boat in that race within the next 10 years 
Yeah. And like you said, it's very doable. It's, it's, it's a doable, that's a, that's something that can happen. It's all about the fundraising. You know, like you said, the, the donations of a boat is just the beginning. It's about the fundraising that makes that happen. That makes that team come together and gives them the best edge. So very, very, but that's a great goal. That's very cool. Um, so besides the racing, you guys also have safety teams, correct? That guys can get involved. Guys and girls can get involved with, um, and basically, they go out on the water and provide um, uh, basically assistance during a lot of these races and stuff. There'd be like the safety boat that's out there. Yeah. So we we have some people who are interested, some veterans who are interested. We we get them uh, CPR certified mm-hmm. um, and or we we have uh, combat medics that, that come on board. And we have uh, one. We have uh, a rib, which is, a, you know, a, a rigid inflatable boat mm-hmm. so it's got the rigid the inflatable pontoons i mean sides so during our events but also during regattas in our area we're at we we have this boat our rib with a safety team and usually killian or i are driving someone someone who's very experienced at driving is driving and uh you know we're just there just in case someone you know gets heat exhaustion or gets a cut there's always a possibility for an injury on on a boat it's not always especially when you're racing because you just want to win like you said and it's intense Mm -hmm. so we have our our medic team available ready they're very vigilant and uh in the case that someone's injured they they're in charge of like uh, the first aid and most importantly transporting them to an ambulance that's waiting on shore uh because you know on a boat there's only so much you can do so they're sort of the first response. They they evacuate the people on, on a boat from the boat uh, to land. Very cool. Very now anybody you said that you train them for the CPR, AED, all that kind of stuff. First responder, kind of like almost like your your standard Red Cross type class. Um, but so basically anybody could really volunteer for that um, mm-hmm. to be a part and help yeah. out. Yeah, that's really cool. That's 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 a lot of, and you get to spend the day out on the water i mean right because if nobody gets hurt and nothing bad happens you just got to watch a really cool race and hang out on the water yeah exactly the price of a, a few hour class uh to learn cpr which is you know a net plus anyway yeah i i, I i'm a proponent that everybody should take that cpr class especially if you have kids in the yeah. house or anything like that i think everybody should do that but that's just me um so yeah you have that team they go out on the rib they have a good time you guys get to drive a power boat, which I'm sure you love, um, <laughs> you know, gets yeah. you behind, you know, a little bit of speed every once in a while. Yeah. It's, it's nice to go faster than five miles per hour. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, just to, just to yeah. dip your beak a little bit. That's all. Um, <laughs> and then you also, which is really cool. And I love that you guys are doing this, um, which is maritime education. So you're talking about the history of boating, um, which if you're from this area, the New England area, uh, the Long Island area, it is just part of the culture. Our entire history is based about around um, what we had available here, which was the water, whether it was fishing, shipping, um, military. It was all right here. There was a reason that this yeah. became such a populated area, you know, from us all the way to Boston. You know, it this was ripe for what we needed to start this country. Um, so it's really cool that you guys are doing that. Um, can you tell me a little bit that, about that kind of maritime education portion? Yes. Yeah, sure. So 
So we work very closely with the Long Island Maritime Museum, which okay. they're based out uh, in the South Shore. And um, we, they also have uh, an over like what, 120 year old oyster sloop. Mm -hmm. So Long Island's history is very much ingrained in, in the oysters because there's used to be so many oysters around Long Island. Um, and so they have a hundred over 120 year old oyster sloop that we work with to take veterans sailing on so that they get a sense of the local history of Long Island and all that. Um, the museum also does tours on like shipwrecks around the Long Island, uh, uh, wartime history on, on, on the ocean. And it just gives a, a different perspective of, you know, we sail in the 21st century on the water, but it's nice to know where all this comes from and get a perspective of, you know, like also like navigation. So nowadays it's so easy google maps you go anywhere yep you got a garmin <laughs> but, gps you just rock and roll yeah. you plug in you know your plots yeah. you hit your waypoints that's all it is it's so easy nowadays you literally have you know watches yeah like, i mean it's crazy for you. so it, it's again just different perspective and and learning like you know how to use the sextant for example and and uh a lot i mean everyone in the military knows how to use a compass and, and read a map so it's very fascinating to know what it was like over a hundred years ago or more. Yeah. Um, you, know, you get spoiled with things like radar and things like that, especially in deep yeah. fog and, you know, different storms and stuff. Um, trust me, there's plenty of people that think they know how to use radar and they have no idea. I've seen it a yeah. bunch of times. I'm like, you probably should just not use that. You're going to get yourself yeah. in more trouble. But if you know how to use it properly, it is an amazing tool that saves boats from crashing oh, into yeah. a number of well, different things. Well, that's another thing too, is on, on sailboats, uh, we do have GPS and all that, uh, electronics, mm -hmm. but you always need to have paper charts. Yes. Like, uh, because if the electronics fail, you're screwed. You need, you need something that will, you can rely on all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always keep paper charts on the boats. Um, and going to this museum, for example, learning about maritime history gives you some perspective, you know, like, I mean, to this day still, for example, it sounds a bit uh, old, but when it's foggy, you know, you need a bell, like you need to go back to basics. You need yes. a, a bell to be able to tell the boats where you are. Um, and it goes back to, and it's humbling, honestly, learning that over a hundred years ago, uh, people would, would get lost and be off their mark by hundreds of miles is a crazy concept, you know? Um, and so teaching veterans, especially because in the military, we're in so ingrained in culture and history and tradition. Mm -hmm. um, we find that a lot of people and Sean and I included just love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great to learn about, it, especially if you're a local guy and you're learning about kind of where you came from and maybe you didn't know anything about that. You know, yeah. you didn't know that, you know, oysters were a, a big reason why Long Island thrived, you know, over a hundred years ago. Um, it's cool I, I like to know. It's cool to find out. Yeah, I sorry. I like to say that. So the boat, the oyster sloop that Killer mentioned, the, that's over 120 years old, is named the Priscilla, mm -hmm. and it was declared by Congress to be a national historic landmark. So I like to joke with the veterans that it's the only landmark, to my knowledge, that you can actually drive. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And and I'm sure one of the veterans just tried to drive it out into you know into nowhere. <laughs> don't don't let any of the veterans drive. We're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're a disaster okay. waiting to happen. It's bad for business. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it is. It's it's so cool. And then you you know you talk about you know the history of navigation and the history of um, you know 
how to actually operate a boat. When you have those basics and you understand why you do certain things, you're going to be a better boat operator anyway. Um, so it's great to learn from that because like you said, electronics fail, radar fails, depth finders fail. I know for sailing, you're, you guys draw a lot more water than you know comparable power boats a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so having that paper chart and knowing when you're in, say, the Peconic Bay, that there's a peninsula that comes out. And if you go to the left of that buoy, if you're inland of that buoy, you only have two feet of water. You need to know that ahead of time. You don't want to find that out from a depth, you know, a depth finder as you're going over it. <laughs> exactly. And that has happened. So it, it happens all the time. I've rescued us, but... many a boat uh, in the Peconic Bay that just ran ashore and ran into peninsulas, hit rocks, all that kind of fun stuff. And yeah. a bunch of people that forgot to put the plug in their boat too, but we won't, oh. we won't talk about that. Yeah, that's operator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time. At the museum, they, they have a map of all the shipwrecks on around Long Island. Most of them are on the South shore. Cause there's like a hidden sandbar off. Yep. off the coast. And there are hundreds and hundreds of those boats. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what's interesting is, you know, no matter what technology you have, if you hit a sandbar, the result would be the same. And uh, it, for a veteran who's on a 130-year-old boat learning, learning to sail based on that, it's the, basically the same physics that you have on a, on a boat that's built today that's worth $2 million that's not a work boat. It's the same physics. So, you know, it, because you're dealing with, with the wind and harnessing the wind, it's just, it's an interesting way to sort of transcend your moment now, the, the, the period today. I mean, this is me speaking as a history major, and to go back and be and and sort of connect with everyone that came before you, you know. Yeah, yeah, Man. you're you're going back to a technology that has been used for world travel since man kind of figured out how to invade another country. I mean, let's be honest, you know, you're going yeah. back to the Vikings, you're going back to the Greeks, you know, you're you're every military um, that we learn about in school had a navy you know, for the most part that we, that we really talk about and that we study naval tactics. It's a huge, you know, uh, uh, you can major in naval tactics. I mean, we, we, you, you can just study that alone. So it's really cool when you kind of go back and learn and now you're doing the same thing, but you're doing it for recreational purposes. It's, it's awesome. And, and part of the education too is, is, is it is historical and it is about, it's all about what we mentioned, but there's also, uh, the, what's called the basic keelboat certification. Mm-hmm. And this is a program where it's offered by a few sailing schools on Long Island. And we partner with them to uh, have our, our, or we partnered with them before the pandemic to uh, have veterans go through this program. And at the end of like a 10 week training process, they have a basic keelboat certification, which basically means that they, they can operate a, a keelboat um, in fair weather conditions in the Bay. So okay. it's, they're not incredibly knowledgeable, but they have a great foundational, they have great concepts in order to, you know, expand on their, on their sailing knowledge. So it's kind of similar to the boater safety course that you see a lot of the power squadrons and stuff do. And we have done boater safety courses as well. And mm-hmm. like offshore safety courses, you know, where you jump in the life raft, uh, yep. uh in school at the, mar- at the, at the, uh, maritime, SUNY maritime, um, yeah. Hope the helicopter takes off on time and comes and gets you. Yeah. That whole thing. <laughs> you don't want to be in that situation, but it is cool to know that that technology, that technology, I will keep. You know, yeah. radar, yeah. GPS. You want to walk around that? Yeah. 
that helicopter, knowing that that when you're 30 miles offshore and that helicopter will just take off if anything bad happens, that's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Definitely worth it. Yeah. That and CETO. Knowing that you have CETO, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. I think when I was when I was working in the boatyard, it was a hundred bucks for the yearly membership. And I used to tell anybody that would buy a boat, I was like, especially a power boat, um, it's the best hundred bucks you're gonna spend. It's better than any insurance <laughs> that you can get for your boat because bad things happen when you're on the water, especially if it's a used boat, older boats, they're gonna break down, it's gonna happen. And knowing you can just call CETO and they come out and get you and you're not getting hit with a nine hundred dollar bill, it's great. You know, so yeah. big proponent. Yeah, we're, on the, we're on the same page, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. That. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about protecting yourself. You know what I mean? Especially financially yeah. too. <laughs> um, listen guys, I love everything that you guys have been doing. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of just the idea. And, and like I said, I think there's a little bit of nostalgia for me just coming from Long Island and, and loving the water. Like I do that. It's just another Avenue to kind of take advantage of that. Um, but I want more people to take advantage of it. So there's a couple of things that I want you to definitely highlight one. How do people get involved? How can a veteran sign up to go sailing? Um, how can people volunteer that type of stuff? So, yeah, from the veteran sides, for sure, you know, contact us either by social media or send us an email at um, info at sailahead.org. Um, let us know where you are, because, you know, also a lot of veterans, some veterans will contact us, but they're in Maryland. And we have a, a partner out there in Maryland, in Annapolis, who sails. They're called Valhalla Sailing. Um, also down in Miami or in Florida, we have a partner that sails out here or in Tacoma. So first thing would be to reach out, you know, of course, reach out to us, um, let us know where you're based, what you want to do, and we'll make it work so that we get you sailing, you know, as a veteran. Um, in terms of if you're a civilian that's saying you want to get involved somehow, help the veterans. I mean, there's so many, so many ways you can help us. Um, it'll come down to what, what you can offer, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're a skipper, if you know how to sail, and even if you know how to sail, but don't have a boat, you know, email us, let us know, contact us, um, information's on our website and let us know what you can or can't do. And, uh, we always need skippers. Like Sean said, we have no problems getting boats. It's really finding the people who can sail the boats. Yeah. Um, and then obviously fundraising and money is something we always need. Sailing is very expensive and we have a lot of ambitious goals that we would like to conquer. Um, um, Sean, anything else you think that I missed? Yeah, no, all those things, you know, the, the safety team, um, if, if you have some kind of something that you can educate, uh, you know, if you're good on a particular topic, like navigation or anything, and that you feel like it'd be interesting to teach veterans, you know, um, let us know what this topic is, but like Killian said, um, so now that Killian's out of call, out of done with school and I'm, I'm graduating this semester. Uh, we have large ambitions now. We have, um, for example, uh, I, I, I heard on a previous episode of yours about uh, Warrior Ranch that yes. you, so I was there for the in inauguration and I was very inspired by, mm -hmm. by what they do. Uh, so Killian and I have this kind of dream, no timeline yet, but to sort of have a facility the way they do and mix it with uh, a sailing school we graduated from in, in Oyster Bay called Oak Cliff Sailing Center. And basically where at-risk veterans, no matter where they are in the country, 
you know, if, if they're, if, if something is set off in the alarm system of a buddy of theirs, like something's not right, we can just buy them a plane ticket. They can come to our facility, you know, uh, where there's a kind of barracks and they can sleep with fellow veterans. And there's like a, a two week to a month long sailing training uh, program. And at the end of that program, they can start racing. Uh, so we would really, our, I guess right now, our, we just really need funds because we need, we would love to open a sailing school basically for veterans so that we can have a sailing team, but multiple boats racing all the time. Um, yeah. And also and, another and veterans to take other veterans sailing, you know, cause like Killian said, we can't take everyone sailing, but we don't necessarily want to, you know, if veterans can take veterans sailing all the better, you know, we can't really connect with someone because we have a different experience. Whereas two veterans, you know, who went to the same base uh, abroad, what have you, they can connect much better. And I was just going to say, Jason, another thing people can do um, is if they, you know, maybe they don't want to do anything with sailing. They want to do, you know, but uh, but they love Sail Ahead and the message that we have. Sean and I have gone out into the city a few times just to share the story, do a presentation in front of people, and uh, let people hear who our mates are and what they've, what 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 happens, and and that's enough too for us raising awareness. So whether you help us monetarily by volunteering or uh, sharing this message and letting people know about the 22 a day. Um, that's all, I mean, that's all the help we could ask for. Yeah. And, and that's really what it's all about. It's, it's, it is all about, like you said, that 220th person, uh, you know, I go back to that again, because I think that's what's so important to make sure that we reach the person that we can. And that's through awareness. That's through the programs. That's through everything that you guys are trying to do. So it is not just one aspect. So if you're looking to help, listen, we it's December. This is the given season. It, it is. There's a reason that they, they created Giving Tuesday, which just passed. Um, you know, this is the time when people generally open their hearts and, and I hate to say it like this, but open their wallets and try to help out, you know, their local nonprofits and things like that. If these gentlemen have struck a chord with you, please don't think that you can't help. Even if you know you you don't have the money, you want to give your time, or uh, like Killian said, you just want to help spread the word. You have a social media following. You know you can share whatever the case may be. All of those things will get these guys to their goal of helping that two hundred twentieth person. So please yeah, take sure. advantage of that. Share this podcast. There's a lot of great stuff here with Bulletproof Veteran, right? It's not just us. Yeah. Any help? Yeah, no, definitely. We we want to help as much as much as possible, you know. Um, where's uh, like the website, that type of stuff? Yeah, so uh, our website is www.sellahead.org. Okay. We have a Facebook page and Instagram. Uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash sellahead. And our Instagram is sailahead underscore 219, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, Twitter, Instagram is sailahead 219 or sailahead 219. Very cool. 
Very cool. People get out there, get this information, head over to the website. Um, you can see the team. You can see all the veterans that are kind of part of the team and that are advisors and help out and stuff. You can read a little bit about them. You got army Rangers, you got some air force guys on there, which I love to see. Um, you know, you have special forces. It's, very cool, the team that you guys have built in such a short period of time. You can read a little bit about Killian and Sean um, and, you know, their backgrounds and why they do what they do, uh, you know, as a, as a kind of a companion to what they've told you today. Um, and again, if you can donate, donate, whether it's your time, money, or your voice, whatever you guys can do, we want to help out this organization, so please do it. Um, Killian, Sean. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast talking to you guys. I've had a lot of fun. Can't wait to see you out on the water. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun and we can uh, maybe uh, meet up and, uh, you know, maybe you could convert me into uh, a blowboater <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, always, I always smell like gasoline. It's not good anyway. I probably should, the fumes are horrible. <laughs> Our best, Jason. I appreciate it. Thank you. But uh, for Bulletproof Veteran Podcast, thank you guys so much. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you very thank much, you, Jason. I want to thank Sean and Killian for coming on the show, man. I had a blast talking to them. Some people from my local community right here on Long Island doing amazing things. Uh, you know, it's great to see. Uh, it's great to see young guys kind of getting after it. And that's really what they're doing. And they've been doing it their whole lives. I mean, when you think about, you know, they started when they were 16 and 14. I mean, they they have been getting after it and doing just a great job of supporting veterans. And you know what? Forget that. They're supporting their community because they're just making Long Island a better place by being out there and being advocates for healthy living, uh, mental health, making sure our veterans are taken care of. But they're just shining examples of how we should be acting in our local community. Because if you want to change what's going on, if you wait for the people in Washington or the people in your state capital to make the changes that you want to see in your community, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's unfortunate, but it's reality. You need to make the change, okay? And Sean, Killian, you guys do it every single day. So I really do salute you. You're amazing uh, examples of how we all should be acting. Um, had a blast. Uh, and it's been another great week. Uh, like I said, we have some really cool interviews coming up for the rest of the month of December. Remember, we're going to be doing uh, Giving December, highlighting some uh, nonprofits every week. Um, like I said, Sail Ahead was this week. Uh, you'll see what we have next week kind of coming up, and I'll talk a little bit again about where the money goes and all of that so you can feel confident that when you give to these organizations, you know your money is getting to the right people. Um, I thought that was a good win December. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I think that's it for this. Uh, again, send show ideas to bulletproofveteran at gmail.com. Hit us up at the website, bulletproofveteran.com. There's a contact form there. All the recipes and stuff for Thanksgiving are still up there. The cocktails, uh, all the different recipes. So if you want to kind of hold some of that stuff over for um, your uh, Christmas feast, that information is still up on the uh, website. I made pretty much every one of those recipes I made for Thanksgiving. And I'll tell you what, everybody loved it. So please go check that stuff out. It's still on the website. Um, again, like, comment, leave reviews, 
your favorite podcast providers on YouTube, subscribe, all that stuff, support the show, and definitely just spread the word that we are just kicking ass and we continue to grow this community and we continue to have amazing guests on to give you guys and girls great information. So please spread the word. If, you know, Let somebody know that's never listened to the show that we're out there. Um, and for those that have done that in the past, I can't thank you enough. You guys are amazing. Um, you're what makes this podcast possible. So thank you. Um, but for this week and for Bulletproof Veteran Podcast, my name is Jason and thank you for your service. <laughs>